Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. Caroline, you should tell them about the newest thing that Bloody Happy Hour is doing. A Patreon. It's a Patreon. What is that? Um, that means you're basically like a VIP member and you get you get some perks. You maybe get like merch a little earlier. You get Or exclusive merch. Exclusive merch. You could get um first dibs on signing up for a live show you get episodes with no commercials you get our video because our video is no longer available on youtube it is only on patreon and the most important to me is you get videos of our live shows but also bonus episodes each month but if you're on a Patreon, you're VIP, you're going to get more. Because I always have a lot of details I want to go to. I can law explain. I might read a book. <laughs> this is also going to be the exclusive place that Dirty Chat is going to go to. In order to hear the full content, it's going to be Patreon. Where do they go again? Patreon.com slash bloody happy hour. Hey y'all, I'm April. And I'm Caroline. And this is your bloody happy hour. Caroline, are you ready for this? This is your newest guilty pleasure. It's the bloodiest part of your week. Did we say something about it also being happy hour? Showed in. Because we about to be sipping on some murder. Bloody happy hour. Hey y'all, this is April. And this is Caroline. Bloody happy hour, quickie edition. We got some news for you. We hope you've missed our voices because it's been a whole week. It, oh God, I've been in about 14 trials this week, so <laughs> it's been wild. Um, What's going on in the news now? Okay, let's start off with uh, the, uh, nope, not that one. Let's go with. Horrifying details revealed during a hearing of a man who was accused for murdering, raping uh, a 25-year-old vlogger. Uh, what is a vlogger? I think a you're versus a, a blogger. A blogger is just typing it out on a web page and then you submit it. So it's like all on online. A vlogger is a video of it. Like your uh, video, like a video blog. Got it. So it's like the combo of the two. Okay. So this um this um a vlogger she was brutally murdered in Atlanta uh her name is uh, Mitchell Mitchell's her last name well Jacarvius Jica- Arnold 24 year old he was the guy he was charged with murder felony murder aggravated assault false imprisonment kidnapping aggravated aggravated sexual battery necrophilia <laughs> Financial ah! transaction theft and robbery. What? And the girl's name is Mitchell Dang. So this was in Atlanta, and she's 25-year-old. She's the blogger. 
And she told her family that she was going to meet up with some friends at this venue called the Alley Cat in Atlanta. She was meeting with the friends there to attend this concert. And unfortunately, she did not return home that night. Um, while she's leaving the concert, she's approached by this 24-year-old man named Jacarvius, Jacarius Arnold. He was acting like a good Samaritan, and he offered to help her find her car. Where were we last week? The good Samaritan, tra Dick Tracy, trying to talk to me. So It could have been Jacarius. It could have been him. Okay, so this is where you got to stay aware. I'm, and she was aware because she was like, he was wanting to help her find her car. And she's like, no, get away. I don't want you to help me find my car. But then he kept on and kept on. And she was like, okay, well, then fine. Help me find my car. I that would have been was, you too. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. This could have been... So she sees this, uh, let's see. So he's, yeah, I, I was a good Samaritan. He ends up helping her. And then that's whenever his opportunity strikes and he strangles her. He rapes her. He leaves her body in the parking lot and then he leaves. Okay. Apparently, but he, he not, he didn't just leave. He spent at least 30 minutes with her okay. dead body. And that's where the necrophilia. That's where the necrophilia came in. He was in the car or just in the parking lot. He was. Just, he just had killed her in the parking lot. Wow. So police respond seven a.m. the next day. Well, no, not the next day. Four days later, it was four days till they found her body. Oh man. Uh, they the one of the workers at the in the parking garage smelled something foul. Mm. And that's when they discovered her body in this parking garage. And they it was like down uh, the staircase. They went. They found this decomposed body. They figured out who it was. But they all the clothing had all of her clothing was removed. Um, and she was like so decomposed that they could barely tell who she was. But she yeah. had on like jewelry, I think. Um. Yeah, all of her clothing was removed. She had, she did still have some jewelry. She had a wristband on from that place that she uh -huh, went, the alley, the alley cat. So that's kind of how, what tipped them off to know, I guess, what, where she was or who she was. Um, and they said that before she was attacked and killed, um, four days later. Yeah, she was just unrecognizable. I have a clip. The investigator that spoke at the, they did a preliminary hearing. So this was a while ago, but they did a preliminary hearing uh, and they went into detail about what happened to her. And I have a clip for you. Uh, I said that she stumbled out into the street. Uh, he approached her. If I could, I hate to interrupt you, said while we were watching the video that Mitchell stumbled at one point. You said that'd be significant. Is this why? Yes, it's very significant. Uh, on the video, we see her stumbling out of frame. Mm -hmm. This is where I believe that she came in contact with Jacobius. What did he say next? He said that he walked up, he walked up to her, asked her if she needed help. He said that she screamed at him, said, get away from me. He insisted and persisted to help her. Uh, finally, she gave in to the help. Uh, she said that she said that I'm trying to find my vehicle. That's when he told her, I can help you find your car. Uh, that's when he came in possession of her keys and her phone, and he masqueraded as a good citizen by walking her around. Uh, he said they got into the parking deck. As we see on camera, he said he got into the stairwell. Um, his words were, as he walked into the stairwell, she started scratching him. Uh, he said he drug her down, drug her up under the stairwell, uh, threw her on the ground, choked her until she passed out. Detective Shepard said after she passed out, Arnold raped Dang for at least 20 minutes. And what did he say happened next? At that point, he said he stripped her clothes. Um, 
I asked him why he stripped of, of her clothes. He said because of DNA. He said he watches TV, he watches how we investigate cases. He took off all of her clothes, stuffed it in his boot bag. He stuffed her naked body up under the stairwell. He grabbed some newspaper, tried to cover her head. He said he walked out of the parking deck. He broke her phone, threw it away, realized he left his sunglasses up under her body. Went back to the body, picked the body up, grabbed her, grabbed his uh, sunglasses, pushed her, stuffed her body more up under the stairwell, and that's when he left. And that's wow. when he left. Can you even? Uh, according to court documents and records, Mitchell was, uh, she was abducted and then held against her will after she was murdered. Uh, he stole her phone, stole her debit card, and he's now facing charges of felony murder, aggravated assault, just what I said earlier. And so that's kind of where we are. Oh, my goodness. I don't know. I'm, I'm assuming he's black because of the name. I, I assume because of the name. And I don't I've know. I've never if, heard dang. of a black necrophilia. Well, welcome <laughs> to just, this new 2023. I was like, what? Welcome to 2023. Everything else, yeah, but necrophilia. Uh, did you hear about history? Did you hear about the pregnant model who was found dead inside a refrigerator? Uh, uh, I don't think so. Melissa Mooney, 31. But not only was she found oh, dead, no. so she this was in L.A. She was a model in L.A. about about less than a mile away from her and a few days before her another model nicole coates was found also dead apparently they're saying that they are not related what? but they're both black girls they're both models they're both in la and they live right by each other were they both pregnant no this one the okay so melicia she's 31 nicole's 32 they're both found in their la downtown la apartments it was two days apart that they were found Police are saying the deaths are not related. Mm. Really? Um, so she was, it was on September 12th. And they say that the cause of death was unknown, but they have autopsies. And they are trying to, I guess the autopsy and the medical examiner said that it was, the cause of death was homicidal violence. But they said they couldn't identify a specific injury that clearly took her life. Be I guess because so much was done. She said they suffered, they said she suffered blunt force trauma to her head, torso, arms, multiple lacerations, contusions, and that she had cocaine and alcohol in her system. But she was like tied up at her ankles, tied up at her, at her wow. wrists, like everything. Um, and they, they said blunt force trauma, uh, I think it's she obviously or whatever. It, it, I think it from, was. I think it was from I think, Atlanta. I think he traveled from Atlanta to to go to L.A. and got these models. He put he one girl put her in the refrigerator. Yeah. And the other girl. What do you do with her? He, they didn't. They have barely any information on her. Wow. Yeah. Um. The family was like they. The family of Mooney said that they told police and the media that she was two months pregnant. Um. But how the autopsy indicated that that was not the case. What? So these are real, the, 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 there's very little information on those two, but we will check back on those two hmm. because those are, the, that's, that's like all the info that we have on those two cases. They were check who that baby daddy was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And let me get to the big story of the day because this is what's been consuming my life for the past few weeks. Okay. Maya Kowalski. 
This is the take care of Maya. Yes. This okay. is the trial that's been happening. So let me give you a little bit of a background and here we go. And now a word from our sponsors. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Mike Kowalski's family is suing Johns Hopkins All Children's Hospital. I may call them John Shopkins because all the nurses and all. Do you remember Shopkins, the toys like the little they were like little toys? Mm-mm. Well, they all talked about how they would. Oh, she loved Shopkins and she loved Shopkins and Shopkins, Shopkins, Shopkins. So I started calling them John Shopkins because they're terrible. <laughs> Anyways. They are, the family is suing the hospital for $220 million. Okay. Claiming that its actions led to Beata, which is the mom of the family. It led to her to take her own life. Yes. Okay. Because they thought she was Munchausen by proxy mama, right? Yes. And so a judge, which is a family court judge at the time, ordered that Maya had to be sheltered at the medical facility under state custody while the allegations of child abuse were investigated. Okay. So the judge said that Maya was not allowed to have physical contact with her mother after 87 days without her seeing her daughter, (gasps) Beata Kowalski, committed suicide. Oh, my goodness. And she was even told by one of the nurses or doctors or whoever, there's so many people involved in this case. We call them the seventh floor coven because they're all from the seventh floor and they're a bunch of witches and the seventh floor coven. Uh Um, That they... One of the one of the nurses like went and gave her a hug like in front of B or like to and like let Beata know because I guess she could talk to her on the phone and stuff, and it was just like that did it obvious that set her off. It's like you you're getting there, you're getting to hug my daughter, and I'm not even able to see her, and it was awful. So the jurors were um, they were the ones to decide whether like what happened to the Kwaski family if they were supposed to decide if the family could have if the family could have been prevented, could have been prevented. And if the hospital's actions pushed Beata to take her own life so that they were deciding all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Um, the Kowalski family said that if the death put, it could have been prevented. Maybe. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Maybe that's what, yeah. Yes. Uh, they, the Kowalski family said the hospital medically kidnapped Maya and battered her while in its care. Mm. Because one this Kathy Beattie, who was one of the uh CPS or protect uh social, she was a social worker. Uh she said that when she went to see her, she, they had to like change her clothes, but they held her down to change her clothes, but then she comforted her. And she said, Maya asked to sit on my lap. And Maya asked me to bre- to like comb her hair when Maya says, no, I never did that. I didn't want you to touch me. And apparently, you know, you have to get consent from the parents if you have any touch. I don't know how all that yeah. stuff goes, but apparently it's like you are not supposed to go uh, beyond and like touch these kids 
especially with her disease, which was CRPS, which is complex regional pain syndrome, which is sometimes any little touch like can cause extreme pain. Is she still alive, Maya? Yes. Okay, so here. So the uh, the jury finds, okay, today, today as in when we were recording, what is today, the, third, the ninth? The jury came back. Okay. They deliberated for 16 hours. 16 hours is not long with all the charges that are. It's been going on for a while. They, and yeah. And so you, if they come back that, it was like a day and a half, obviously. So they came back, they knew, they knew what they were going to do. Uh, so the jury uh, ultimately uh, dis- were, were to decide. Uh, oh, yeah. Um the if the, the if they were to, trying to find if John Hopkins was liable for all seven claims for the two hundred twenty million, they were they w- finally awarded the family for the comp- compensatory damages because there's compensatory damages and there's uh what's it called the pre p word. Let's focus on compensatory damages. They were awarded $210.5 million in compensatory damages after eight to nine weeks of deliberating. Um, and they found that John Shopkins was at fault. Um, and what they did to her, they made it so much worse and they blew up the family. Now, we don't know why they did all these things and we don't know why, but this is what they found. Um, and Maya said during the during her testimony that during the three months in state custody at the hospital, that, that there was a 48 hour period where she was isolated in the hospital room. And she said that the staff would not let her get up and go to the bathroom. Instead, they tried to see if she could actually walk, but she couldn't. Uh So they, she says, this is quote, they left me there for 48 hours under under surveillance, which they did not tell me about. They had a commode in there and they just put it far enough away from the bed so that I would have to physically stand up to use the bathroom. She said, I called the nurses whenever I had to use the bathroom because obviously I'm not able to walk. And when then they refused to help her go to the bathroom, she defecated on herself. Oh my goodness. And this was her testimony. So she said she described some nurses as mean and unhelpful and others as compassionate and willing to help. In her testimony, um, she was obviously crying and emotional and frustrated. And she said, when she said, when I expressed to them a symptom like my pain, they would say, no, you're making it up or it's just in your head. Oh, my goodness. So the jury was given 80 pages of instructions. Shit. So they have to decide on these seven claims. And let me tell you what they are. False imprisonment, the jury ruled in favor of the Kowalski family. Battery via Kathy Beatty, the jury ruled in favor of the Kowalski family. Medical negligence via Dr. Sally Smith, who I'll tell you who these people are in a second. Even the doctor's guilt. I mean, these two are the worst. They are the two. They colluded together. They've done over three to four hundred collusions together. And one of them is social worker. And one of them is a a pediatric nurse who is like works for the hospital, but she doesn't work for the hospital. It's like so shady. They contract her a bit. Yeah. 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 Fraudulent billing, 
uh, the jury ruled in favor of the Kowalski family. Survivor claim for intentional infliction of emotional di- distress is state of Be- Beata Kowalski, who's the mom, in favor. The jury ruled in favor of the Kowalski family. Wrongful death claim for intentional infliction of emotional distress causing death ruled in favor of the Kowalski family. And Maya Kowalski's claim for infliction of emotional distress. The jury ruled in favor of the Kowalski family. Mm. So they mm. won on every single count. Kathy Beatty, she's the one who colluded with Dr. Sally Smith. Smith, 300 to 400 child abuse cases. Uh, Sally Smith is a pediatrician who specialized in child abuse and was the medical director for the child protection team in Pinellas County when Maya was in the hospital. She worked for All Children's Hospital for 12 years before it was acquired by Johns Hopkins, but she still had all the privileges to the facility. How many families has she screwed up? Exactly. That were innocent. The jury, oh, punitive damages was the other one I was thinking of. The jury went on, and then then after they did that, they have to go and find punitive damages. What are punitive damages? I will tell you now, because this is what Peter Trago, the lawyer you know, told me exactly what they are. Punitive damages are in place to punish wrongdoing and deter similar conduct. So if they, the jury see a big hospital or big corporation treating people horribly, abusing people, falsely imprisoning people, intending to inflict emotional distress, distress, the que- they question the question that they have to ask on the punitive damage side is is there specific intent to hurt Maya and her family and their actions resulted in harm? Mhm. The jury said yes. Yes. So most likely the hospital will appear appeal this but this is huge because this is setting a precedent. This, according to him, and he, this is lawyer talk, this is a jarring case. Okay. This is not just me saying this. This is like a, yeah. and he's it's in Florida. It's hard to sue when He's medical? in Florida and this is in Florida. So all the, every, you know, everything's different in every state. So he was like, this is not a medical malpractice case. Like if you cut off. Uh, the wrong leg of a patient yeah, uh, or you give the wrong medicine and somebody died. Those are huge and real claims. People's lives are changed forever and people die. There was so much more in this case. That's how serious this is. He said there's individual bad actors, failure to report DCS involvement, Sally Smith, Kathy Beatty, nurses, doctors, CEOs, and the culture. They also were under this thing called immediate jeopardy which basically they were being held like they had, they found like nurses didn't didn't wash their hands, that they were like afraid to come, like they were in a culture and an environment where they were afraid to come forward because they would get in trouble or fired Mm. or whatever. And so the hospital was in this immediate jeopardy where they will lose their federal funding. Wow. And so they're like, would they get federal funding? And like all, I mean, it's this, it's a nightmare. This is a huge, like, and not, and this is why it's so important for cases like this or in general to be televised because we wouldn't know all of this stuff. Hell no. We would and know what And you think what John the, Hopkins is the best hospital And you ever. have freaking court TV over here, which I'm, I'm a, but they, the stuff that they post is just like they did with the Amber Heard, Johnny Depp. They were pro Amber Heard and they were, oh, Johnny Depp's horrible, this, this, and this. And then we're watching the trial. We're like, y'all, no, you're wrong. And then people from Court TV are posting stuff like, well, Maya was on the, was like, this is nine weeks during this trial. 
Halloween happened during the trial. Her prom, she's 17 years old. Her prom happens during the trial. Okay, so she goes out and does Halloween. She goes out and does prom. And they use that against her. And they have those pictures and they use it against her. Like, well, it doesn't look like she's in pain. (laughs) Okay, and then two days later, and so then they go on and they say, well, you know, we, we see that she's enjoying her life and it seems like maybe her testimony is fake. And we're like, F you, Court TV, because uh-huh. don't don't be dicks. Like, that mm-mm. is a nightmare. That's what makes you or me second guess <laughs> medical and people. And here's the thing. There's these. So they have it. They have. They ended the day without um, the jury was released because they got to come back tomorrow to do punitive to, I guess they had. It's basically like a mini trial. Yeah. Uh, to to figure out the punitive damages because they'll most likely get like a ton more money, um, which obviously the money is not going to bring back your mom. But I think it's more of setting a precedent of oh. the whole, like, you have all these state actors and government people who are just like doing anything that they want and they're having no repercussions for it. Yeah. And... It's just bad. It's, it's But are there going to be separate trials like for actual jail time for them? Well, so actually there's another case from another girl who this the guy who is so um Greg Anderson is the attorney for Maya and her family. He is also suing the hospital again and Sally Smith and I believe Kathy Beattie also for another case for another so, child. Wow. And that's already like he I guess filed that lawsuit in 2021 and that's going to come next i sure hope that they get some kind of jail time because you should see these people and so there's no remorse up there at all oh no they love maya maya was just great (laughs) and i mean and then half the time they love her and then half the time she's the exorcist with her head spinning around throwing up all over the room and just this horrible person cursing at them half the time Mm. so it's like well which one is she Mm mm-hmm and they can't, and it, they just, mm-mm, wow. Mm-mm. That is a big case. It's and huge. And I'm glad it was televised. But like 210, was it thousand? Million. Oh, million. Oh, okay. Million. Okay. That's a bigger number. That's two, a better number. Two, they went, they asked for 220 million. Uh-huh. They got 210, but that's not including what's, they, the they're going to get punitive damages. And I have no clue how much that'll be. And it is wild. And um, just like whenever a friend of mine who her daughter had hit her head on the counter and had this big gash on her eyebrow, had to go to the hospital or go to the ER to get stitches in it. And the first thing I told them, I said, if some lady walks in there with a clipboard... Do not talk to her because they will come in there and they are not going to read you your rights. They are not going to tell you anything. They're just going to start asking you questions and then they're going to use that against use you. Use it against you and they're going to come take your kid away. <laughs> or they're going to the che- they're going to check your refrigerator and then they're going to come take the kid away and we're going to tell you about it. But typically it's it's to low income people, I think, because yeah. that's who they know they can take advantage of. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these times this Sally Smith, she's a pediatrician. So then it's like I mean, I know these people's pediatrician and like uh, you think you know them, but maybe you don't. But yeah. you just be just be careful. 
record them. ABC, always be recording, even though it's ABR. <laughs> record them. Don't talk to them. Get an attorney. Get a lawyer. I'm just, it's, you just, you just never know. Mm-mm. Always Mm-mm. be aware. Mm-mm. You know, somebody might tell you something and it's just really not true. I mean, I don't know why they people in, it, in the world ever do that. It's yeah. wild. Yeah. I mean, people who think that every parent has Munchausen by proxy and- probably shouldn't work in the hospital. I know, or and for CPS. Did, apparently, Munchausen is not even really a thing. It's just child abuse. It is just child abuse. Yeah. Well, so it's not and, like a real crime, or what do you mean? It's well, a thing. it should okay. be. It should be a okay. If Munchausen's is a thing, what what is it, and why are you? What do you? Why are you not given a mental help? You're just sent to jail, so you're just a child abuser. Yeah. So it's basically like you're a child. But it's, it's a diagnosis. I don't think I don't, it is. Well, I don't know if it's a DSM-5, but right. you can I find think, it and look into it, and there's a definition for it, and people have been diagnosed with but it's always after the fact. Yeah, but I think it's just the nurses who say that. that it's just the name that they've given. But, you know, I don't know. It's just a weird, yeah. like. We still have yet to do a much housing case, which is, I don't know why, because I'm so obsessed with it. Yeah, it's a great. It's a great. They're crazy. because well, all their what Gypsy wrote, like it's that one and that, but that one's all weird. Or I don't understand that one. She's out of jail. One of them's dead. I don't even know. One Rose of them's dead. Is out of jail. I don't know why she was in jail. Was that the mom or the daughter? She's the daughter. And she, she had her boyfriend kill her mom because she found out her mom okay was lying to her all these years. So why is she in jail? <laughs> exactly, it was murder. <laughs> and their mom's dead. She, she could have just came forward and left it alone, and but she killed her mom. Well, I would probably kill my mom too if she did that. <laughs> That's why she's out, and I know records probably clean. <laughs> oh, so I that that's that. that's it. That's all I got because mm, I had never go to Johns Hopkins. Johns Shopkins in the Witch's Coven, the seventh floor coven. Oh, no, there's a whole. That's crazy. Okay, all right. Good news. Good news. Good news. Yes, good news for Maya. It was so great to to see. She just was relieved that poor child. Oh my gosh, she's just been through the most, and she's beautiful and just Mm. it's so tragic. But you know, uh, Father Jack is is Jack the son or the Jack the dad? I think Jack's the dad. Anyway, the dad he's obviously single and he's a millionaire now. So, ladies, Mm. out in Florida, go find him. Go find him. He needs a good Polish or Czech or German. He likes a he needs a woman who will cook. And, <laughs> or Mexican. Yeah. But like Mexican's good. So he if you can cook Ooh, and if you're I don't know, you can take care of some kids and go ahead. No nurses. No. No. And do not wear any dark purple. She does not like dark purple because that's always what Kathy Beattie would wear. She would yeah, you're. Oh God, oh God, you are red flags. Anybody who wore purple in the trial, we were like, nope, nope, <laughs> no purple. Okay, we will see y'all <sighs> Thursday for a full episode, and we're going to Florida. Oh, back we to just Florida. Stay in Florida. Uh, don't forget to stay aware, stay alive, and always be DTF. Bye, y'all. Hey, I'm Blair, and I'm Brittany, and we're the host of By the, the Cover, Cover Podcast. Podcast. <laughs> we cover everything from mysteries thrillers, romance, chiclet, and even some smut. 
don't forget the smut. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We're so excited to get this thing going and share this with you guys. We've been talking about this for months, and it's finally, finally happening. Yes. Special shout out to Rogue Media for helping us with this. For sure. For (laughs) sure. You can find us on Instagram at bythecover underscore podcast. You can also find us on Facebook and TikTok, so don't forget to give us a follow on those two also. We are so excited to dive into some of our favorite books and share those with you. We can't wait. Hope you love it. Hi, and welcome to Bustles and Bangers with your hostess, Rachel and Christopher. I love it when you say my name. And you didn't say hi. I didn't. You you just kept going. I'm going to introduce the book. I'm <laughs> not reading it. It's because I don't like reading. Girls like cowboy butts, you know, and those jeans don't hide anything. Mm. Find us on Instagram at Bustles and Bangers or on RogueMediaNetwork.com. This has been a Rogue Media Network production. <laughs>